Hello and welcome to another installment of Casual Trekker. This is Scott. This will be my overall review, uh, very short and sweet to the point, of Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 5, 6, and 7. I have held off doing my review because it all felt kind of connected, one fell into the other, so I didn't want to shortchange an episode because didn't see how it, how it, how it finished off. So now that we know we're going into interrogation by an FBI agent, it's kind of turned to the next chapter a little bit. So, so far from five, six, and seven, um, I'd say that I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. We got a lot of bunch of great references. We get to see, we got to see the mention of Gary Seven, which is a great callback. We got to, um, we get to finally see that our. Uh, lovely Talon is actually a Romulan, which now makes us be more curious, is, is it actually Laris? Just, we, she turns into Laris by just adopting that, ide 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 uh, that identity. I mean, the scene in the, uh, the, 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 the gala thing, when she was talking to Picard about being close to her assignment and everything else, it was pretty much like, oh my god, is that what she's doing to Picard in the future? And he just doesn't, 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 doesn't know it yet. And she's doing these things because she's already encountered Picard and that they're making this confederation be like the actual first timeline somehow, you know, timey-wimey. So Laris has to wait till Picard goes back to do his thing, otherwise it causes a paradox. So I mean, there's a there's a, there's a few things there, or maybe she could just be a, a a a descendant from that. But then you have too many descendants, right? I mean, you have the guy playing the FBI guy that looks exactly like the guy from Relativity, and the problem with that would be fine, but he's a time travel dude. In, in, in relatively, and Picard is doing a time travel event. So it's not the same thing like, for instance, like um, the girl that plays Roll Ro Aaron also playing the dude's daughter in a previous episode. Because one, she was an alien, and, and, and one different type of alien, and then the other one, she was a Bajoran. So there's differences there to where you can say, okay. You, you visually aren't going to go, hey, you look like Roll Aaron. But this one, because of the time travel aspect to it, it's really hard to go, oh, he's playing a completely unrelated character. And then his name is Wells, and then the ship class of the relativity is also Wells. I mean, come on. So if he is a, is, is a descendant, the ship is named after this dude. So it'd be interesting to see what what episode uh, eight is going to have in store for us. If they're going to like hint us that strongly that is actually his character in Voyager, or if it's going to be revealed that he's just an FBI agent. But if they're going to do that, I feel like it's going to be a season finale type reveal rather than reveal it in episode eight. If if it's a thing, it's going to be revealed in episode like nine at the end or 10 in the beginning, somewhere in there, or maybe at the very end, and that's how the crew gets back home, is by, is by him. And then they figure out a way to get back to before the stargazer blows up, and then 
they somehow secretly transport everyone on board that stargazer to the relativity or something or whatever ship whatever ship ship he's on so that way all the people are saved the timeline still occurs Picard and them still go back in time and it still all works it still happens there's a way to make things make things work if you really really try to in a time travel sometimes you have to you don't just go oh, sloppy writing or plot hole it is because your lack of imagination into figuring out how these things can come together that's not the show's fault that's the viewer's fault we're not paying attention like there'd be a lot of people like saying well if Q took away the the Borg implants because Aniko because Annika was no longer assimilated why didn't he take away the synth body well because you were been paying attention you would have learned in, in, in the beginning of season two is that one of his one of his enemies killed him basically or mortally wounded him whichever and they had to put him into a synth body. So Q didn't do anything. He just changed an event which led to other events no longer happening or happening differently. And that's why that's our fault for not paying attention. And that's why watching it again probably helps. And so that's what I gotta say about all that. The whole guy the whole Guinan thing I'm loving this actress, and I'm really, gr really grateful they didn't do just a deep fake because it's fine for like a minute or two of screen time, but she's gonna be front and center in that interrogation room with 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 Picard in episode eight, and she was in the last 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 episode, and you know so she's doing it too much for it to be a deep fake situation. It'd be just be glaring. I'd rather the actress really just um, bring home the character and. We can say that she's not acting like Guinan this, but our only known reference to Guinan is in TNG and in Star Trek Generations, but even that is really close to when TNG was going on. So we don't really get to see what's going on with her um, in 2024. We get to see what's happening with her 18, in the 1800s, but that's a different life basically, a different time. And so what's happening to her now in the 2000 area is a lot different than what was going on in the 1800s because of how she was coming around. Because in the 1800s, she was like, a, she had like this position of authority. She had this, uh, this uh, people were coming to meet her and she was you know, like, she was center of the, of the tension. And now in this one, she's a bartender and she's dealing with a lot of what was going on now with you know people of 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 color or how they're treating their planet so she could be disillusioned a little bit with what she's seen and it could be sickening in her and it's just she's she's about ready to be done which we which we saw and then Picard convinced her to stay for three more days and so now she's starting to kind of get the idea of oh maybe things aren't completely of of waste and now we'll start seeing her go back into the guy in like character I mean that's the whole point of a TV show right is to have a character start at one at, at, at one point and then through the events of the series or season they're molded and they're changed and they're shifted and they're grown into something different to where you can see the arc actually passing like the Sun rises here and sets here so I don't have a problem with the actress not being Guinan-ish at the start because she shouldn't be. She she should be disillusioned. We didn't say, we've never seen her disillusioned or anything. So we have no 
um, way to actually calculate that. So, so far from what I've seen, not to mention this last episode where she actually tried summoning the cue with the bottle. I mean, it, 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 I, I almost felt like they should have had the uh, I Dream of Genie thing going, do, 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 going on a little bit. Because I was like, oh, snap, Genie bottle, what's up? But I think it's kind of cool that they had a little bottle that they could access that civic moment in time. I kind of like that. And why was it mentioned in TNG? Well, it never came up. In, it never came up in conversation. He never went to Guinan and say, "Hey, can you summon Q?" He never wanted to be around Q. So why would he go to Guinan to ask her to summon him? And whenever he was around, he came whenever he wanted to. And now he's kind of being parsed. So it would make sense that Picard would need need him to be summoned. So because she knows a lot about Q, that's where he went, and now he learned that, that well, what, what can, how we can summon Q. So, no problem with how any of that stuff was going on. Um, the whole thing with Renee, it doesn't need to be a large thing. It can be a small little threat. It can be a little small, little itty bitty bitty thing. And then you have everything that you're doing be the larger point of the story. The whole Borg Queen, and, um, and Alison Pills character, Agnes Girardi, uh, becoming one, and then having the Boar Queen taking over Girardi, and then being rampant in the city, maybe trying to make a whole new collective in 2024. So, Rene Picard didn't need to be like this larger than life thing that had to happen. It's just something that occurred that led to this. As long as you make sure that happens, then you get this. It doesn't need to be an involved, lengthy, long thing that just, it's no different than going left at a light instead of right. Person goes left, massive car accident, paralyzed or death. Person goes right, they go to the movie and they live a happy life. So it can be just that small. One small thread, one small little itty bitty, bitty thread could mean the difference between life and death in a, in, a, in a decision. So no different than City on the Edge of Forever when the girl lived we got this vastly horrible different weird world and she dies we don't and it was that simple all you had to do was one episode all you had to do was make sure she died and you were fine in this in this situation you have one episode where you have to make sure she lives and goes on the mission i don't have a problem with that unless we're going to have a problem with the city on the edge of forever also so one mirrors the other, therefore I can't complain about it. So, at the moment, we're about ready to get in the interrogation scene scene going on, and I'm fingers crossed that we, that that that's going to be the guy from Voyager. I mean, that's what it's strongly pointing to. I mean, when he sat down in the casting chair and they said, "Hey, so what do you know about Star Trek?" Well, I was kind of on it in a Voyager. Hopefully that came up because sometimes it can be, it, it can it, 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 it can get missed and relativity isn't exactly like you know Star Trek First Contact. It's not exactly like sitting on the edge of forever. It's not it, it, not a lot of people know about it. I mean, the people that do love it. It's one of my favorite episodes of Voyager because it goes back to the beginning before they even left. It goes bounces all around. It's kind of like shattered, but in a better way. But if you don't know about it, then um, you don't know about it. So if the casting people that did it and he, you know, 
one episode 20 years ago might not come up in, in, in conversation, especially if you aren't sure if they're going for that vibe. You don't want to just get disca discounted. And they've been having a lot of like descendant and ancestor and relative talk. So I'm thinking maybe he's not going to be that guy. He's going to be an an he's going to be an ancestor. Like that that's he that's his great 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 grandson or something something like that. Or maybe we'll get two. Maybe we'll get the detective guy, the FBI guy and at the end of season 2, yeah, last the last last episode we'll get that guy coming back because of a message that his great 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 grandfather wrote down in a, in a journal or something and then like he brings him back home i mean that could be what they do also so but who knows i know i'm excited to see i'm excited to see what they do and the fact that rios brought the girl onto the ship makes complete and utter sense to me because it's not like it's silver us um it's not like it's silver uh What's her name from Futures End Part 1 and 2? Sarah, Sarah Silverman. It's not like her where, where like she's not intricate to the thing. Like They didn't really actually need her per se. You know, but they kind of need this doctor. And he's talking a lot of stuff. He's saying a lot of things. And so proving it, kind of important. I mean, how many things could someone say to you that are really whimsical sounding before you say, okay, I need some evidence or I'm going to call a psych ward? Because that's pretty much where it would be going. I mean, in reality, if someone was talking like they were from the future, what would you require them to show you? A little bit of proof, maybe. So I think that all that stuff is, is, is fine, especially when we see what happens with that information. Does she go with him? Does he stay with her? I mean, it leads to a conversation about what's going to happen with uh, Rios and how the doctor's relationship with Rios is changing him in a way that creates an arc for the character from beginning to end. Sun, sun rises, sun, sun sets. So maybe he'll decide, decide to stay. Maybe he'll decide, decide to leave. I think if he didn't tell her or show her what was going on, I think her not being curious or asking questions that we would definitely ask would make her seem like not that smart of a character. The fact that she's like, hold up, what's going on? Tell me the truth. And then he shows her the truth and she's, okay, this is a thing. It, it shores up the idea that she's going to call a loony bin and he's going to be arrested. Because that's just what would actually happen in reality if, if someone was talking all nuts, all, 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 all nuts like that. So we have Renee Rapard, she does, she gets into her thing, she gets into the, into the quarantine thing, and now she's going to go on the flight tomorrow, according to the preview for episode 8. So things can still go wrong in that. And then we have, there's just, there's just so much stuff going on in the show, and that's really good. It's good to have a lot of stuff going on, so then when you rewatch it, you catch something new. Or you're able to have a conversation on what's happening and it not be kind of like, eh. You're able to go deep into it. Like the, psych like the, like the psychology of Picard and what was going on with his father and his mom and how he viewed it. And how these memories we were seeing in the beginning of season two are now coming to like fruition and a fold. And we get more in-depth information on it. And how the relationship between Picard and his dad, Maurice, and his mom, Yvette, was and how he misunderstood things 
as a child and that went into his, his adult life. So all that stuff is pretty heavy and it requires a lot of uh, fleshing out. And I think, I think they did a reasonably good job on it and it looks like it's not going to be all that you see because young Picard had that key and then Talon was like, wait, that's not everything. There's more to this story, isn't there? So I think we're going to see more of that in the next three episodes and it's going to be something crazy going on. It's going to be a big, big, big fat reveal. So I'm on board for it. The whole season so far compared to season one is night and day. I mean, if you don't like 2024, then you're not going to like the show. If you wanted to focus more on starships and star bases and stuff like that, you're not going to like the show. But it's called Star Trek Picard, which means it's going to be about him. And it's going to be more narrowly set rather than broad set. And like first season was more about him, him, him realizing that he's not, not needed and he's not too old and he can help and he's a part of everything and he's not just an old man waiting to die. Season two, now he's... He's, he's, he's thriving and he's ready to go and he's in it. Things that he do determines the alteration and changes and what's, what's going to happen. Like the stuff going on with, with, uh, with um, Adam Soong and his, in, in his daughter. That stuff is definitely going to be important in the, next couple of epi- in the next couple of episodes. We see that in the tease from, uh, from, from episode 8. When Q basically comes to her as Q, not like some kind of outfit thing going on, some kind of some kind of of disguise. So I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen. Season two is definitely going to be the is going to be everyone's anticipating season three because everyone everyone's is 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 coming back. But because Q is also in season three. I suspect season two is going to lead to season three, so you can't just skip season two and go, oh, I'm gonna watch season three. I think season three is gonna be, um, it's gonna, because there's only three episodes left and there's a lot of stuff on the table left right now. Like, you could shore up all the stuff in 2024 pretty reasonably easy. But the Q side of it, his power loss, not being able to do something, I think that's gonna be season three. And I think, I think maybe the, something's gonna happen and they have to go rescue Q. And he's gonna need his old crew back to pilot this uh, 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 ship. And I also think the reason why season two is all in 2024 is so the budget for season three can be where you see all that money. Season two so far is basically your typical run-of-the-mill TV show. No big budget stuff happening really. So I think all of that is being saved for season three, which is great. So I'm really enjoying season two. But my enjoyment level of season two will be determined about what happens in season three because if season three is like amazing then i might all understand season two no one understands season one because of the way it was it, it was presented but season two could make perfect sense based off what season three gives us but at the moment seven episodes in with the eighth one dropping in just a couple of days i'm it's pretty interesting where we what we have going on what the characters are all doing Granted, there's not a lot to do because they have to be kind of be isolated with each other, because otherwise, otherwise butterflies. But then you also have a situation where you have a bunch of different things happening and changing throughout the course of each episode. That the bu- that the, that the butterflies are already there. It's just a matter of how many butterflies you're going to have, and what things are going to happen in those different situations before we come to a head at uh, in. The, uh, conc- in the conclusion, the wrap-up 
of season two. But as it all, to uh, wrap up this review that I'm having for uh, season uh, for season two, episode five, six, and seven, I like the direction. I like the reveals. I like how they're doing things. I like that we have three episodes left, and we've pretty much got through all of the things we need to get through. There isn't like season one where it took like six episodes to get to space. So this one here, there's a lot that happened, and when you go back and you want to have a conversation on what the different threads of the season are, you're going to be able to have a lot of in-depth conversation because they give you everything you need to give, and it's not too short. Right now, we're all like, oh, it's too long, or that went too long, because you want to get to this part of the tread, which I think is a mistake, because if you're able to debate a topic in Star Trek Season 2, then that's great, but you can only do it based off what, off what you see, not what you think. If you, in life, for instance, in any episode of TNG, you had 45 minutes, and you only had a little bit of information, so you couldn't really have a too deep of a conversation without doing a lot of exposition on yourself to where you're like putting in what you wanted to see. This one here, you can go, okay, well, this, this, and this, this, that, and this, and then someone can go, well, no, this, that, and this, and 789, and XYZ, you know? So you can do that in this pretty much. You can have a debate on Girardi and the Borg Queen. And you can have a conversation about Rios and the people on the bus. You don't necessarily need to have Star Trek spell it all out for you. You're able to take what they have on screen and apply some real-world stuff to it based off of what the content is. Or you can compare to other, like Rio, um, Girardi and the Borg Queen, you can do a comparative analysis between, between Suzanne Thompson and Alice Krieg in difference with um, Annie Wershing all Borg Queens. So you're able to do those things in the betrayal because they're giving you a lot of information and a lot of stuff is happening. So the more stuff that happens, the, the actual better. And I don't like it when, there's, when the episode's dry and you have very little stuff happening. And season two, I think, is low budget for season three to be big budget. Which, if that's the case, then I'm more fine. My retro, my, my, my way I think of season two will be different and based on uh, that, and I'll know that from season three, episode one. But I suspect that two and three are kind of going to dovetail together a little bit better than what season one into two did, because Q, to my knowledge, is in season three. And we're not going to wrap up that Q story in three episodes. We barely focused on, uh, uh, on him. So I think three is going to be about that. I think that's what the mission that they're going to go on is something to do with Q. So, so far, seven episodes in, I'm happy with where we're at. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in episode eight and if that guy is going to turn in to be our Star Trek Voyager guy. But that will conclude this podcast of Star Trek Picard Season 2.